0: Today on the Zabecast, I'm back from Africa with some great photos, just not the best photo, and for that I'll always have regrets. Drew Olson of the Big 920 joins me. We'll talk Kirk Cousins to the Vikes. NCAA scandal, catch-no-catch, no Catch, and even Heather Locklear, plus FTG. All that and why I think it's imperative at times that we call a spade a spade and leave it at that. You've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go! Proudly back from South Africa and the Team 980 Junket with Mervis Diamonds. Thank you for listening to the ZabeCast. We are up and running again after a week and a day off. I appreciate the extra day to recover. I definitely needed it. This is the Tuesday, Feb 27 edition of the ZabeCast. Hope you missed me while I was gone. Hope you took some time to go back and mind the old episodes and get caught up to date fully. We launch ahead into a new set of shows. Uh, going into the future now I'll tell you right now I'm going on vacation again next week quote vacation I'm going on a junket with Bob and Brian to Jamaica but like I will tell you later in the podcast if you're nice and and say and beg politely maybe I'll do a podcast a Zabe cast from paradise 30 minutes 35 minutes from Jamaica uh, and upload it from there if if I get the time if I get the equipment we'll see about that I'm not promising anything I'm just saying we'll see so I was in Africa, and you may ask yourself, yeah, what, what was the deal with that? Why, why were you in Africa? It was a radio promotion, and it was a radio promotion with a client by the name of Mervis Diamond Importers. Ronnie Mervis is the current uh, proprietor. Uh, he's part of a generation. His brothers, uh, Kenny and Zed, you've heard them in his commercials if you're from D.C., uh, and they have, they're multi-generation, third-generation diamond importers and retailers in the D.C. area. Very successful Very well known. Ronnie Mervis is a big supporter of personality-driven radio. He has always advertised on personality-driven radio his entire run in D.C. and and believes in the power of radio, which immediately makes him a favorite of mine because that's what I do, that's our business, and he's right about it. Oh, by the way, personality-driven radio is still one of the best bang-for-buck advertising mediums anywhere. Exposure is great. Cost per thousand, if you can get a good number at a high-profile website or TV show, that's great. Nothing beats the personality-driven endorsement. And so what Ronnie does is periodically, and he's done this six, seven, eight times, he organizes a group trip to South Africa, his homeland, where he grew up, and where he imports his diamonds from. And he invites You know, listeners, it's a promotion with the station. They they buy advertising time. We promote the trip. Listeners get to come along. And we go down to South Africa, and we see Cape Town, and we go into the bush for safari, and it's an incredible deal. Offered a really good price on it. It was probably a $10,000 trip per person because it included airfare, which (laughs) I I haven't even priced airfare to South Africa. It is a mother bleeping long way away, 18-plus hours on a plane or multiple planes. But once you get there, it's magical. It's amazing. It includes the airfare, and I think it was $5,500 per person on this trip for about a $10,000 trip. And he leverages the exposure of you're going to get advertising for it, and he knows South African Airlines, and there's promotional dollars for him. So it's a good deal. Ronnie also just loves showing people his mother country. There is no upsell. There is, this is not a timeshare thing. He didn't lock us in a room and then pull out suitcases with jewelry and say, okay, you're going to buy now because of this. Not at all. People were kind of like, yeah, I was kind of expecting that. No. He just loves organizing the trip. Ronnie is like me when it comes to Zabe Vegas. He just loves doing this. And at every turn, on every tour bus we were on, every safari, he was like the biggest kid in a candy store, even though he grew up there and he'd been on these things a million times. I just loved it. I I think Ronnie and I are, are, are brothers. We're kindred spirits in that regard. Had nothing to do with sports, oh, by the way. Other than the fact I watched a lot of cricket on TV or I watched a lot of cricket highlights. Let me put it that way. Didn't watch much live cricket. Watched cricket highlights. And I just laughed to myself thinking, this is some indecipherable gibberish that I can't even get my arms around. But there it is. So back to the Zabe Vegas, because I know people are asking, is that going to happen? Because we are now T-minus 26 days away. The answer is a big fat no. It did not happen this year. I'm very sorry about that. That's now two years I've let it lapse. This is why you can't let junkets lapse. Whether it's a golf trip you take, a fishing trip, a ski trip, a reunion, a fantasy get-together, never let things lapse if you love them. Keep them going. Protect them. Cherish them. Well, you're still going to Zabe, Vegas. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm still going with my golf buddies, Gitter and Mikey O'Neill and Theat, a.k.a. Steve Robinson. That's a whole different story. And we're going to play golf, and we're going to do the Hope for Lamar charity classic, and we're going to hang out and gamble on the games. Well, why can't I be part of that? Well, I mean, you could in theory. It's just I don't have anything set up for listeners like I had in the past. I'm wor- next year? Will you give me next year? Okay, good. So we were in South Africa, and we went to Cape Town for three days, which was good. I liked it. The safari was better, though. The last three days in the bush was fantastic. And I've posted a few photos here with this post on Zabe.com. Oh, by the way, if you get your ZabeCast directly from all the subscription services, that's great. But make sure to roll over to Zabe.com periodically, because I do add sometimes supplemental photos and or links and or videos for things I talk about here in the Zabecast. The photo that one of the guys on our trip, David Black, took of a leopard is spectacular. It is the greatest amateur wildlife shot I think I've ever seen. Look at that. If you're on Zabe.com, look at that thing. It could not be more perfect. A leopard, up in a tree, not obstructed by any branches, leaves, or otherwise... Angled down, looking right down in the direction of the camera. Genius. I missed getting that shot myself because I had chosen to do an elephant experience at the very kind sponsorship of the Gittlesons, David and Robin Gittleson. Gittle man. Gittle man, Gittleson. I, I should know that. I apologize. Please don't be mad at me. Gittleson, I believe. Anyway, Dave and Robin were completely fantastic, and they treated us to this. And we said, sure. But we had to commit to it the day before, which we did. And our tracker, or our guide, our driver, Cornet, good South African boy, said, I hope you don't miss a leopard. It's one of the hardest of the big five to see. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Knowing my luck, we probably will. Ha, ha, ha. Sure enough, missed the leopard. Ended up getting the leopard, a a lesser photo of the leopard, which you will see at zabe.com on the bottom. My photo of the Leopard is not nearly as good. It's not quite bang on focus-wise because I'm shooting through a thicket of branches. And I had to go to manual focus on my Sony 70-200 FE lens, which has a focus by wire, which is hard to dial in perfectly because you kind of overshoot and undershoot. It's, It's touchy. It's dodgy. And it was very dark that morning. It was raining. It was overcast. Try to get the ISO up to get better exposure. is tough. I had to post-process it to boost up the levels. It's not perfect. It's alright. It's pretty good. It's not great. It's not the photo that David Black got. That photo is fucking phenomenal. And it's going to haunt me. As an amateur photo nerd, it's going to haunt me that I don't have that photo myself. Well, why do you care, Zabe? He got the photo. It's great. You saw a Leopard. That's fine. He saw a Leopard. You saw a Leopard. A lot of people on the trip not everyone saw a leopard photo to prove it who cares who cares it's like being on a boat fishing for marlins or whatever sharks if you don't catch it if you don't reel it in you didn't catch a shark you didn't catch a marlin you saw somebody catch one you got to be the one to do it so it was a great trip i'll include some more photographs and uh i don't know if they're going to do it next year i I know I can't do it next year because there's too many other people at the station, I think, that want to do it. And I think Ronnie, if he does do it next year, and he said he's certainly open to it, he loves it, I think he's going to want to include a different show, a different day part to maybe cut at a different part of our audience. But we'll see. You can't guarantee anything for next year. I would say if he does it again and you're thinking this is something you've always wanted to do, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better price as long as you don't mind a bit of a group excursion to go down to South Africa. And we were lucky enough, we had several listeners uh, several listeners of this AbeCast that went on the trip from all over the country, including, uh, well, we had, uh, uh, let's see, we had Matt and Carol from Newport Beach. We had John and his family from Appleton, his wife and two beautiful daughters, uh, Nicole and Katie, uh, 18, 19 years old and I think nine, something like that. Eric and Heather from Tampa were great. Craig and Roxanne from Monterey, California were great. Uh, The Rileys from Staunton, Virginia were great. John and Melissa. So it was a good time. And I'm back. It had nothing to do with sports. It was during what should have been a dead time in the sports calendar. Of course, the Olympics were going on. And I missed talking about all that here on the Zabecast. So excuse me. I'll try to sprinkle some of that in. Would have been a dead time in the sports calendar post-Super Bowl and pre-March Madness. And it was a great day. And that will be that. Joining us now, a man who would never go barefoot on an airplane, our friend Drew Olson from the Big 920 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What's up, Drew? Hello, Zabe. Welcome back to Good God's to be back. Country. We were just complaining off air, off podcast recording air, about a guy on my plane home from Africa who was just casually – Hanging out in the galley in his bare feet on the flight home. And I asked the stewardess, I'm like, so that's legal, huh? You can just walk <laughs> around in bare feet back in the galley where you're preparing the food and all. And she said, yeah, we just, we don't like to cause any sort of misunderstandings, was the word she used.
1: I, oh, I abhor that. I don't like the barefoot thing. People who do that disgust me. It's almost as bad as the therapy pets.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The remember the uh, the the therapy peacock that gained fame a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, the peacock finally put some sensible teeth into the whole. Yeah, you're gonna have to really, really show your work when it comes to these therapy animals. I've never, I have not, I've yet to fly on a plane with a dog, but apparently, dogs are all over airplanes nowadays.
1: Yeah, because people can't have uh, they can't be separated from Fido.
0: Have you been on a plane with a therapy dog, an emotional I, support? I have dog? Not, not
1: emotional support, uh, seeing eye, but not like emotional support. Yeah, pretty. But then, yeah, um, my mom just flew from Cabo to Milwaukee, and she said there was somebody carrying a cat in a carrier. <laughs> and if it's to the point where you go to school functions, ballparks, anything where peanut dust is lethal, and you can't have peanuts. More people, I think, are allergic to cats than peanuts.
0: Oh, don't get the allergy Nazis against us because you don't want to get them going. I saw recently the movie uh, Peter Rabbit with one of my daughters. She loved the movie. It was actually very well done. But in the movie, they make fun of the allergy crowd. And boy, did they go after that film with a vengeance. Yeah, because at one at one point, Peter Rabbit shot a raspberry into a guy's mouth who complained about being allergic to raspberries. And so James Corden, the voice of Peter Rabbit, is like allergic to raspberries. Come on. Really? Is it everything now? And then they shot one of those into his mouth and caused sort of a allergic reaction that nearly killed the character in this kid's movie. And the allergy Nazis went after them with full force. So. Yeah.
1: I, I have uh yeah, that is a third rail issue, but I, I'm on record. I Okay. I think there are there are people who have peanut allergies and serious food allergies, but they, there are not as many people who have them that think they have them or who's you know, parents uh, who think their kids have them. That that is true. So anyway. Because we move it on. doesn't you know how that is. How how do you go in one generation from you and I being a kid's and you, nobody was allergic to peanuts. Too now, eighty percent of kids can't be near the dust of tree it's, nut.
0: I think it's because these things sort of accumulate. I think there's more and more sensitivity to toxins out there, and I guess it's attributable to diet
1: and genetic mutation and whatnot. Yeah, but to do it that fast, plus I
0: guess I don't in, know. In,
1: in um, shall we say, in underdeveloped countries and in poorer neighborhoods, kids aren't really allergic to anything. Go figure. Yeah. They also went through the cabin as I
0: came back from Africa with a spray that is for some sort of bug. They don't want to be carrying bugs stowed away in the plane. So they they walked down the aisles with two aerosol cans. Oh, wow. And uh, right before there's an announcement saying, the World Health Organization has deemed that the use of this pesticide is perfectly safe in a closed environment. If it does bother you, we suggest you covering your mouth or nose. I'm just like, oh, the World Health Organization said it's fine. I guess it's fine then. Stunk like hell, but at least it wasn't a guy in bare feet. Okay, enough riffraff about my trip back from South Africa. Let's talk some sports. I got four things and a fuck that guy. I've decided to streamline the podcast here as I got back (laughs) from vacation. I'm going to do one thing on my own. I'm going to do five things with my selected guest of honor of which you are today. Five things with them, and then one thing to go, and I think we'll be 35, 40 minutes out the door. A nice bite-sized addition to your audio listening day. Let's start with this. The quarterback market is about to get bumping here as free agency comes to the NFL, Drew. And your neighborhood, the NFC North, may get a quality quarterback moving in on a very good team, and that would be Kirk Cousins to Minnesota. With Minnesota saying they are not going to franchise tag Case Keenum, there is a belief and reports that the Vikings will be in, in, in on the Cousins Derby. What do you think?
1: I want to see them thumb wrestle with the Broncos and watch the price go up because I cheer for Kirk Cousins now that after what happened with your club. You cheer for him what? <laughs> to make money and get oh, paid. Oh, okay. And, yeah. You know, I cheer for him to get paid.
0: Oh, I and, do too. And be respected. I do too. Like he has swam the Atlantic Ocean of the franchise tag for two plus years to get to the shores of true free agency in his athletic prime at 30 years old. And he has one more shark to get past, which is the Redskins possibly, according to some still believe this, that they're going to hit him with the franchise tag just before the deadline next Tuesday. Oof. But he has come a long way. And Kirk has yet to elaborate publicly, and he could if he wanted to, and he could do it in a way that I think would not generate a lot of backlash. He could just say, look, is it so wrong that having performed and been a good teammate and a good soldier, who has kept his head down and has performed for two years, that I should have the ability to choose where I'd like to play next? Don't you think if he said that publicly, that would be a fair thing to say? That I mean, I'm I, sure
1: absolutely. It's,
0: it's the internet. People are. Some people go, "You greedy, you son of a bitch! You should have given the Redskins a hometown discount." But I think that would be a reasonable enough thing. For people to go,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, why shouldn't you be? It's funny because when teams punt players, up oh, just doing business. It's a business. When players move for greener pastures and more green, that greedy motherfucker. It's... How terrible of him! Yeah. Now, why are we predisposed to cheer for owners in these situations? Isn't that the weirdest thing? It is. It's a the dynamic. Just it boggles my
0: mind. I think because in the NFL, Drew more than any other sport, there are way too many armchair capologists. There's way too many fans who believe in I want to show I'm so smart about the NFL that I know exactly what every player is worth. He's not worth twelve million. He's not worth five million. I'd never pay that guy that much money. I could get three great free agents for the price of that guy. Yeah. Everybody Have you noticed plays, that?
1: Everybody who plays fantasy football is Billy Bean.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly right. And the NFL is 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 is, is such a league that it's almost like the media and the teams encourage fans to think this way. They encourage fans to be against
1: players earning a lot of money. It's I weird, think you're right? Yeah, I think you're right. They do. They foster that. My thing on Kirk Cousins, though, is you know, let him go to Minnesota. Here's the thing: I want him to get paid because of what happened in Washington, and I, you know, more, more power to him. Let him drive up the price. I'm not sweating it. I know Packers fans every deal that comes down the pike. Aaron Rodgers, when he signs his deal, will be the highest paid guy, and the Packers are ready for it. They've prepared for it for years. And then 10 minutes later, somebody else will get a deal that's bigger, and he won't be the highest paid guy. That's how it works. So, all right, so Kirk Cousins goes to Minnesota. In terms of football, is he appreciably better than what they had? Yes, he is. With Case Keenum? But they had a pretty good season with Case Keenum. They did. They did. But
0: I think Keenum, uh, he he had a career year. I think Kirk will be better for sure. I think he'll really – Make the Vikings very formidable, but I'm also of the mindset. I, I think,
1: well, you, wait, you, you're right. Case Keenum had a career year, but is his career year, is that Kirk Cousins' average year? Or can Kirk Cousins, mm. you know, what does he have to do to match Kirk, that?
0: I think Kirk, with the Vikings, given their defense, their running attack, and their wide receivers all superior to the Redskins, I think he'll be fucking fabulous if he ends up in the Vikings. Now, is he Aaron Rodgers? Not in the wildest of sense. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Big Ben. He's certainly not Brady. I am of the mindset that good for Kirk, get all the money you can. But I know he's not that good.
1: Yeah, well, he's got to prove it because Stafford can be good, but they haven't won shit. Well, have, in, the Viking, have the Viking, have the Lions
0: had a good defense or a good running game in They've your had a good lifetime? Defense
1: in the past, they really? How good? Those guys, they were pretty, pretty. Well, they were dirty. They were pretty <laughs> <laughs> they hit guys. I've <laughs> never been able to put it together with Stafford. There, I'll say that I can't remember
0: Drew, the last time the Lions. Well, I can. The last time the Lions had a good running attack was Barry Sanders. Period. Yeah, period. Stop. Full stop. Yeah. End of the story. Like the the list of not great Lions running backs stretches as far as the eye can see since Barry Sanders. That's true. So we'll see what Kirk does, but we've got a few more days left in this uh, whole thing, and uh, we'll see if Minnesota is actually a player when it comes time to it. Okay, moving on. NCAA scandal. FBI. Sean Miller. Hundred thousand dollars. I want to know
1: where does Drew Olson stand on the latest. Scandal to Rock College Athletics. Well, um, it's none of this stuff is shocking. There's so many emotions that hit with this. Uh, what really gets me, though, is that I saw over the weekend Sean Miller took a powder and didn't coach. Now ESPN has kind of corrected its story and then corrected the correction of the story. What they correct on it? Well, there's a the timeline issue of when they're saying this call took place. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's been some talk about... So an initial report
0: in today's media environment has perhaps not been as entirely truthful. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shocking that this would be the case.
1: The thing is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is, you know, when you're talking about, you know, $4,000 here or a dinner there or, you know, the hundred grand got people's attention. Sure. That got people's attention for sure. But I saw over the weekend, what pissed me off is, I'm still steaming about the NCAA and their 15-year examination of North Carolina's academic fraud, which they decided, yeah, we've got a lot of proof. We've got a woman admitting it. We've got all kinds of evidence. Eh, nothing to see here. Tar Heels, you know, that, go, go about your business. That, you're not the
0: only one that's very cheesed that North Carolina got away with it.
1: Although, Absolutely.
0: Although, in a way, if you, I understand where the NCAA is coming from in that here was an extra benefit in theory, that was given to athletes. The benefit was a joke class that you didn't have to show up for or write term papers for that was an automatic A. Extra benefit that was given to players to stay eligible, to tackle guys on the football field for North Carolina football, and to dunk basketballs for North Carolina's hoops program, right? That's right. The problem is the course was also available to about 15% of non-athletes it turns out. It was not in the regular, like I think it was hidden in the course registry. So it was like a menu item that you had to ask for. Or not, I'm sorry, not a menu item. It was a dish at a restaurant that was not on the menu. But the locals and the regulars knew about it. You ever been to a restaurant where you order something that's not on the menu because you want to show what a big shot you are? Yeah. yeah, Right. This This course was that. And so Technically, the NCAA is like, well, we can't, like, we could hit them with this, but we would likely be sued. Because remember, there's lawyers involved in all of this. Oh, yeah. And the lawyers are like, well, here's how it's going to go. You're going to get sued by North Carolina because you want to take a championship out of their rafters for this. They're going to come at you because their entire reputation as a university is at stake. They're going to have a very strong case because this dumb, dumb course was actually available to regular students. It's just most students didn't know to ask for it because it was this easy A designed for for jocks. Almost like a perfect crime. North Carolina
1: almost got away. They did get away with what is almost like a perfect crime. It really was. And then, so I'm cheesed about that. And then this idea, this is one agent, one runner, and you know it's just a tip. There's There's dozens of guys like this. There's dozens of phone calls like this. Everybody knows it. And so, what are we going to do about it? I, I look at it. What pissed me off this weekend was San Diego State uh, suspended a kid for yes. the rest of the year. Yes, for like what was it, four thousand dollars or something like that? I or? think so. Yeah, yeah. They took they self reported and they wanted to get out in front and they suspended the kid. And meanwhile, like the guys who are named, other guys who are named from the big schools will go merrily along.
0: Yeah. Do you believe and, the NCAA should get out of the business of policing whether or not players in the revenue sports get paid?
1: Either by agents, I, by schools, or by shoe companies, they should. I think they should sanction it. I'm on record as saying that it's you're for ridiculous. paying They're, the players. I'm for well the, the the indentured servitude we have now. The system doesn't work because you have now you you go out to compete and you don't know that the team you're playing follows the same rules you do in recruiting players, and that makes the competition the field
0: tilted and it's a joke. Okay, so you would who would who would be allowed to pay the players then?
1: Um, I I think the players should be allowed to make money, sign on autographs, or get a kick from jersey sales if their name and likeness is used. The O'Bannon thing, I think that those guys, they should share in that. I think they should get a stipend for living expenses across the board. They do. They get up to five
0: thousand yeah. dollars in added expenses, cost of living. I think they call cost
1: it. of living. Yeah, there's uh, then it's not enough because. All right, so
0: you don't want to actually pay the players from the when... schools' pockets. You want to let them make money. I, I would get their mind... side hustle on. As yeah, as get their say. side
1: hustle on and let them. Yeah, if a, if a, if somebody wants to pay a linebacker from Alabama to go sign autographs at a mall for two or three hours, even if, let if it's them, a, let them pay it. Even if it's a trans,
0: even if it's a vaguely transparent or not vaguely transparent. Even if it is a. If it is a not very transparent booster for the school that owns all these dealerships that has no problem paying John Q. linebacker fifty grand for two hours, you're okay with that?
1: Let them do it, but let, okay. make, regulate that and record that. Whoa, 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 whoa! Regulate? So, well, not regulate, Who but regulate? just record it. Make it uh, make it transparent. Like they have to. They have to say, say how much
0: he, he was he received. Yeah, we have to we have to say how much it was. Okay, well then they're going to say he received thousand dollars. And they're going to give them forty nine thousand in a handshake.
1: Well, how is this? That's what's happening now. Like we got to try to make Agre- it above board. But okay, it, if you don't want to okay. pay out Agreed. of the university's kicks with the billions of dollars uh- this, this <laughs> revenue that these TV deals generate. And that I, I just I look at it, and the players are not getting any money. You got strength coaches making seven hundred and fifty grand a year. Outside linebackers coaches making a million and a half a year. That is you true. A hundred million dollar facilities. That is with true. Facilities and locker rooms and offices where does that end and the players are walking around the guys who basically ostensibly are providing the the, the work aren't getting any anything right but it's back, a sweatshop of on the lines of what nike and those those companies doing in china
0: sweatshop i wouldn't call it a sweatshop true that's it's a, bit a swe- sh- sweatshop sweatshop
1: it's a sweatshop
0: do you know most of these kids are not going to be pros you know most of these kids nobody knows who the absolutely fuck they most are. Of do you them know are. that do you know that most of these kids are so lucky to get a free college education room and board and five grand a semester in stipends
1: yeah that that room Board another can of water in the soup and another seat in a lecture hall. Okay. That, that, that is old. That is old school. You're getting room and board, damn it. What you does know? it
0: cost to What does it cost to your kids when they apply to college if they're not a scholarship athlete? A, a shitload of
1: money. A shitload, and that's what that's what. So you can't people. look at their. Off.
0: You can't look at their cost like it's another seat in the lecture hall. You got to look at it as what's the street cost of it.
1: Well, why to the university though, and and then what for this? And again, we're talking about the star players and the whole thing. It's exactly like the Olympics to me. This idea that they had to be amateurs in the past and couldn't take money from you know shoe companies or right. whatever. Well, and it, we, we had to keep that. them pure, and that was bullshit. And it's right. bullshit here too.
0: All right, so let's back up to your statement when I said, okay, let the boosters if they want pay the players for autograph signings including John the, Q let linebacker let the
1: players make money that way okay. let them enter into why can't a, why can't Our, on, a college player have a shoe
0: deal hold on so so as i told you what could happen you said but record it and make it all transparent and i said they'll say that you know John Q linebacker did autographs for 2 hours for $1000 and then they'll give him 49 grand under the table your exact response was but that's what they're doing they're now. doing it players oh, are getting okay, money under okay, the table okay, now okay okay So aren't we back to square one then? Aren't you proving my point, not yours? That under this new system, it's not solving anything. That the money is still going to go covertly to the players in amounts that are not reported as a competitive
1: advantage. We have this image of boosters and stuff. I don't know that the boosters are as involved as they used to be because now it's all agents and shoe companies. But the boosters will get involved if you allow
0: autograph signings.
1: I, I don't know that. I don't know. I mean, oh, maybe. I guarantee. And, and oh, not, I fucking and guarantee you think it. That they're, yeah, these people are already getting shook down for their the suites and the seat licenses and all the shit that they have to pay for. I don't know that there's that big a, uh, you know. Well, you I, know what? And you're right.
0: The schools will hate that because the schools don't want their money for a new weight room supplied by the boosters going to John Q linebacker. And yeah, his family. And
1: I just don't know that. I think you're overestimating the market for that. Okay. There's only a handful of guys that move that
0: needle. Okay. You know right? what? If you are, if you uh, believe I'm overestimating it, as Drew says, uh, do send us an email. Uh, or those that have worked with big-time Division I programs, I think you, Drew, with all due respect, are underestimating the deep-pocketed yeah. dollars that love My. football in the Deep South and also in the Midwest at the Big yeah. Ten football factories that will bankroll quasi-salaries or, or you know, ba- they'll bankroll the cost of acquisition of players through very creative means we're if it was no get longer to, policed.
1: We're never going to get to where players are, like there's a competitive draft of, well, there is recruiting, but the, the draft or a sanctioned draft or a situation where uh, players are traded between universities and stuff, that's not going to happen. No, but, but that'd be it, cool
0: if it did. <laughs> it would be make pretty it a, wild. Make
1: it a true pro league where the entry to college and, is an actual draft. All right, and, and another thing that I have is I, I would give players the option. Like, you're right, most kids aren't the one and dones. Most kids aren't going to sniff pro ball. What is it, 3% play professionally, including Europe and all that? I just and, threw you know, that
0: number out. I don't know yeah, if it's w- correct. Whatever it's, it is, about, it's, it's, it's
1: about 1% of good. the 1%. 1% get a scholarship and 1% get to the next level. But I, I think one thing I would do is I would um, – one, and one thing the universities could do is I would allow players the option, if they'd like, to play full-time and then have their scholarship, four years of tutoring and education. Afterwards? Afterwards. Okay. I
0: well, think that,
1: that would, I would be amenable to that. I think you know that would solve a lot of
0: problems. You know what, then? The full-time player would start a lot more often than the part-time player. What do you mean? Well, because some players would not take that option, some players would go to yeah, school. and Some players practice. are doing it now. Frank yeah.
1: Kaminsky went to school and practiced, and yeah. he was, you know, National Player of the Year. Do you know? Do you know how much free time they would have if all they did were play sports? there's a lot of guys that are doing that now. ABA, the second semester, one and done, guys? How many no, classes I, are they going to? No, I know. <laughs> so that's, I know. that's what I'm saying. All right, let's Matt move on. Leinert, well,
0: how many classes did he have his senior year? Uh, he was doing beer bongs with students. We saw those <laughs> in the photos, which, look, we're all jealous of. We'd like to do that ourselves. Of course. Uh, NFL catch, no catch rule. They're going to revise it, or at least they're going to review it, maybe revise it, maybe add another layer to it. Where do you stand on replay? I think I've noticed through Twitter through the years, uh, Drew, you're still a replay proponent. Pro, uh, no. Proponent?
1: Well, no, I'm not. I, not. I, I, I'm not. Have you changed? No, it's, it's. I think replay is ridiculous because there's still so much nuance and to, to go frame okay, by frame. So you're an I, anti-replay. Well, ba- I, I lean more anti-replay. It has its place, but it's also it's gotten ridiculous to the okay. point where when sometimes games end and we have to go see if that was actually a you know right if that was actually a a, a play that should stand or not. It's ridiculous. But I think that um, the catch rule is. Has gotten beyond ridiculous. Like they should go back to. We knew on the on the sandlot when you played at the old, you know, in the grade school playground. You knew what a catch was, and we could figure that out. And they've made it so bogged down with legalese that it's impossible for fans to tell. In it, you know, even now. So what then should the NFL do
0: to fix quote fix the catch no catch
1: oh, rule? Here. Here's one for you. I go. would start with the very basic. I've said this for years. The NFL should go with the college rule. Only you only need one foot in bounds. That would simplify it. That would simplify a lot. Okay. one foot in bounds is good for me. And then the whole thing about the breaking the plane of the end zone, where you have to complete the catch and all that. Whereas you know a running back or anybody who picks up a fumble or something can stretch their arm over the goal line and it's a touchdown when they break the plane. The catch thing should have the same kind of. Uh, It should be the the, the end zone should be the same. uh, It should have the same sanctity for that player, too. Okay, those are are, those are the catch thing is bullshit. Those are those are a
0: decent start. But you still know there's going to be a ton of ambiguity. Yeah. With everything else. The problem is, as far as I can see it, is that the more you zoom in, the slower the frame rates that you have and the more clarity you have, the more shit you're going to see. It's like. Oh, I've got a black light in the microscope in this hotel room. Holy shit, there's a pube here. Oh, God, there's a yeah. stain over yeah. there.
1: There's well, yeah, some weird that's you know, where we're fecal down. matter over here. That's what I hate about the super slow mo uh, the ball moved. Okay, put a, a football, you know, put your elbows and your your wrists together with your palms up facing you. Put a football in that in that slot and then touch the ground, like your arms separate a little bit, and yes, you can have the, the ball, you have complete control, but the ball does touch the ground, and it'll yeah. move, but you have complete control. That's what we've gotten too bogged down with is that bullshit.
0: If I can't get what well, my dream would be, which is to banish all replay totally, because I'm, I'm very much on the radical edge of get rid of it, get rid of it all, yeah. it's just a game. I know that very few people are with me on that front, but if I couldn't get that, my solution for catch-no-catch no catch and replay in the NFL is is that the referee, the lead referee, gets to stand and look up at the stadium jumbotron until he is satisfied for no longer than one minute that the call was correct, meaning he can see the play in real time on TV from the stadium only. Real time, no slow-mo. You get to look in real time and go, yep, that's mostly correct. We're not going to pick it apart frame by frame.
1: Let's make it nationwide, like American Idol. People vote with their phones. <laughs> Let the fans vote. Vote by phone. <laughs> vote by phone. Here's a catch non. Or no catch. Here's
0: a non-sports topic. Did you see where Heather Locklear was busted for domestic violence and aggravated see that. assault on police officers? Did you see Heather Locklear and her mug shot? She went nuts on the cops. Yeah. Yes. I 50, did see. It. Fifty-six years old, Heather Locklear. She was the prototypical Corvette blonde. Of the 1980s and 90s, no would doubt. you would you Drew, at 57, given her troubles with drugs and alcohol, and there's in her penchant for losing her shit, apparently, would you still want to get in on that if you could?
1: Um, for nostalgia's sake. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying if you had if proof that you could show people on your t-
0: phone, like here's a picture of me and Heather Locklear in bed snuggling afterwards? Yep, I banged her. Yeah. What if you? What if you under a strict NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, where you could get in with that for a night, but you could never, ever tell anybody? You would pass on that. You wanted. You wanted for the bragging rights.
1: Um. Well. Yeah. I mean. Well. Even you know your own. It's. Think about we we have a friend uh, Bob who (laughs) who as a youngster when you know when you're dateless dude theater you can't get any chicks you you got no. You know, no job, no money, no girlfriend, no nothing. You think, God, would it be great? You're, you're 16, you got your license. It'd be great to have a car full of, like, cheerleaders, wouldn't it? Right? Okay. Then, smash cut, 30 years later, you're driving your daughter and her friends around, and they're yapping around, you're like, oh, my God, this is hell. God, you're cruel. This is a cruel joke. <laughs> it's come true 30 years too late.
0: <laughs> so, so in other words, y- you would be on the fence about it? Uh,
1: on the fence, but, yeah, you know it's Heather Lockley. She's still yeah. Heather Lockley. She's still Heather fucking Locklear, man. She still looks pretty good. I she mean, still is the mugshot looks thin. horrible, but she right. could still turn it up. If there was a red carpet tomorrow, she could turn it up and look good. Right. All right. Some other 90s stars.
0: I just Google searched the 14 hottest 90s TV stars ranked. And a lot of these are actually sort of on the borderline. I'll throw them at you. You ready? Sure. Jane Leaves
1: from Frasier, who played Daphne Moon. I, thought, I liked her as an actress. I never really, uh, you know.
0: Okay, so not Patricia my cup he- of tea, Patricia
1: Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, she's everybody's mom. We have Julia hu- Julia Louis Dreyfus from Seinfeld. Oh, it's Elaine. I don't, I don't want to hang out with her. And, Is this you know, a yes or a no, Drew? Shots. Give me a yes or a no. Well, I mean, what? Are we saying run them into the boards or non-disclosure? What, I mean, no, just, I'm would uncomfortable you, with the premise. Would you? <laughs> it's a podcast. My you fantasies, can say anything you want. Uh, would you bang them None now? of those three were ever in my uh, my you know fantasy reel, okay. my hi- highlight reel.
0: You could bang them now, and you would have text messages. No photos, but text messages saying that <laughs> was a great messages. time. And you could prove it to people. <laughs> and they go, wow, you banged Elaine. That's amazing. Was she good? How was it?
1: Da-da-da. You're saying no. She's like battling cancer right now. It's an absurd I think
0: she's beaten cancer. Yeah, well, okay, but still. uh, So wait a minute. You're not going to sleep with anyone who's had cancer. They weren't. (laughs) (laughs) You anti-cancer. Anti-cancer. Katie Seagal from Married with Children.
1: Again, uh, I think of her now. She's beyond that. I think of her from the Sons of Anarchy show.
0: Jenna Elfman from Dharma and Greg. Oh, I was always a big fan of Jenna Elfman. Fran Drescher from The Nanny. Never a fan never
1: a fan. Christina Applegate married with children. Who made this list? I had a I have a buddy Courtney who's an Cox athlete. Wait, I have a buddy who's an athlete that had who uh, had a chance to run Christina Applegate into the boards yeah. uh, at a younger age. She had the show hadn't even taken off. I think they had just done the pilot and he has a great story about hanging out with her uh, one night. You know, most of these TV stars are no
0: hotter than the hottest girl in any bar. It's just that they're famous. You know that, right? I I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Courtney Cox friends.
1: I was always a big fan. Of
0: course. Would you Swing. still do her now with all that plastic surgery, which has made her look horrible? And she's admitted, I got too I've, much
1: plastic surgery. I've not seen her uh, recently, but I bet she still looks pretty good in the right light. All right, Gillian Anderson, X-Files. Uh, Dana Scully. Uh, I was never a fan of the show, so I don't really have any. I'm, I'm, I'm neutral on her. Jennifer Aniston, friends. Oh, she's one of
0: the goats. Okay, One of the goats.
1: <laughs> one of the goats.
0: And how about Tiffany Amber Thiessen? a.k.a. Kelly Kapowski, Saved by the oh, Bell, who also was a star list. turn on
1: 90210. Every, she's on everybody's list, right? Every okay. red-blooded American boy who grew up watching that show. Come on. okay. Do you want That's another an interesting li- list. Do you want another list? Sexy
0: 90s women. This one is from Ooh, Ranker.com. I believe that's all they do. Shania Twain, of course. Uh, Charlize Theron is not 90s. Michelle Pfeiffer in her prime 90s. Liz Hurley. Monica Bellucci. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Carmen Electra, remember you're going oh, in after Rodman on that one.
1: Yeah, but still.
0: Okay. Uh Denise Richards in her prime. Oh, well she's she's in the top uh she's she's on the Mount Rushmore, right? Salma Hayek, Shannon Elizabeth, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow, you're just, uh, Alyssa Milano. Woohoo. Jenny McCarthy the, in her uh, prime. Liv Tyler. Sharon Stone. Well, uh, Halle Berry still hot, unbelievable. Jennifer Connelly still hot. Heather Graham Just made her directing debut. I saw that the other day. Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, Yasmin Bleeth, whatever happened to her. Oh, man. She had some crazy, too, didn't she? She sure did. I think she did. Catherine (laughs) Zeta-Jones in her (laughs) 90s prime.
1: Zabe, I don't know. You might be cornering the market. Is there a Spank Bank podcast out there? (laughs) I'm just ripping through these names, man. That's all. uh, Yeah, these are from the bomb. We call that the bomb. Jenny Garth? uh, Remember Jenny her? From, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from nine, She was one of the first from 90210. She uh, was, yes. The, you're, you're talking about the bomb now, the beat-off memory bank. The bomb.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that brings us then to our final feature today. Come on now. Where'd it go? Here we go. Okay, here we go. All right, everybody. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck that guy. All right, you... Fuck that guy. All right, so I always missed that. All right, you got to go. <laughs> you got two minutes, and then I'm going to get two minutes, and then the music's going to run out. We're going to be done today, Drew. So go ahead. Who is well, your
1: fuck that guy today on the ZabeCast? We already had a, a lengthy discussion about the NCAA, but I got to go fuck that guy, and he might be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it's just his position or his personality. I'm going with Mark Emmert president of the NCAA. When this story breaks on Yahoo and everybody's talking about what a cesspool college basketball is, their statement from Mark Emmert said, quote, these allegations, if true, point to systemic failures that must be fixed and fixed now if we want college sports in America. Simply put, people who engage in this kind of behavior have no place in college sports. They're an affront to all who play by the rules. It didn't get any better after that. I, I saw didn't that like statement. not like that. And I said, "Fuck that guy! Come on, you're sitting there printing money, you fraud. Pretending. You know, let's bust people for putting cream cheese on a bagel, while the you know the Patinos of the world, and Patino's the only guy getting shoe money, and, and it's just ridiculous. The rampant corruption and ineptitude, and just the hypocrisy of this organization of theirs, cracking down, smashing gnats, while the the bee colony goes happily along. Come on. <laughs> so for Mark Emmert,
0: fuck that guy. Yes." All right, here's my fuck that guy. My fuck that guy is the odd-sized business card guy. Hey, (laughs) hey, guy, I think it's really nice that you have a business card that doesn't fit into my wallet. Oh, you're special. You've got an extra tall business card. That's really fucking convenient. I've got a stack of business cards from people I have met, many of whom are more important than you, you douchebag. And now what am I going to do with your odd-sized card? Just put it in the stack and go, well, that's this one guy. You know, we do it because it helps stand out from the rest. We know people collect a lot of business cards. Fuck you. Make it the right size. I don't mind so much the odd material business card guy where he might give you a plastic card that's clear, see-through. You can't write on it, which sucks. But I don't quite mind that as much. It is the odd-sized business card guy who can go fuck himself to the moon and back. I got a business card from somebody, Drew, that I kid you not, was a fucking square. A square.
1: I'm like, what
0: am I doing with this square? It didn't fit any of my wallet pockets. It was a complete joke. I prefer business cards to have a blank back for notes, which I think are important. Not a logo on the back, not some printing on the back that prevents you from writing on it, but I want it to be blank on the back, and you put whatever you want on the front. Logos, numbers, names, whatever. But to you, the odd-sized business card guy, fuck you. Fuck that guy. Fuck that girl. You can follow Drew Olson on Twitter at... Drew Olson MKE. You can listen to his show on the Big 920 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, every day from... From
1: a 1 to 3, noon to 3 in Madison on the TheBig1070.com.
0: Beautiful. And you can, of course, get Drew's full show digitally via podcast at the where? iHeart Radio app. Very good. Drew, good to talk to you, bud. We'll talk next week. Always a good run, man. Let's end with this today. I mentioned at the end of last Zabe cast over a week ago, as I was ready to go off to South Africa, I, I spent a couple minutes talking about, obviously, the school shooting in Florida, which at the time, when I talked about it, Uh, A lot of the facts that have since come out, a lot of the revelations that have since come out have been shocking and sickening. And a lot of the discourse that has happened since then, in fact almost all of the discourse back and forth, has been entirely, unbelievably unproductive. And just, it's hard to even put into words sometimes how damaging and unhelpful and how partisan on all sides and how stance-taking and agenda driven it has all been and i'm not going to wade too deep into that because once i wade too deep into it then we'll never get out and it's not that i wouldn't mind engaging somebody on this but like i said in that podcast on last friday i'll happily do it to you face to face if you want to talk about it uh in a civil manner and say okay and let's hash this out over a beer and say what you think and because there's a lot of areas of shades of gray There's no question about it. There's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas. There's a lot of things that you say, oh no, that's not a shoulda, coulda, woulda. That's a how'd you possibly not a when it comes to this, that, or the other. And there's a lot of, yeah, but what about isms? Yeah, that's true, but what about this? And so the sides have kind of retreated into their fortresses of their respective agendas. That said, I think there is an importance in calling out something for what it is in terms of being able to have at least a rational dialogue about certain big events in society. And the fact that Scott Peterson, the officer on duty at that school, the fact that he knew there was a shooter in the building and that he was on the scene with a gun and a badge and he chose to stay outside, I don't know how anyone cannot call that an act of extreme cowardice. And yet there are those making excuses for him. And there are those saying, but no, that that was his job. Set up a perimeter and radio in a location. No, he did his job. Some are saying that. Some of the kids at the school are saying, but who would want to stare down the barrel of an AR-15? Uh-uh. I ain't buying it. This was not a civilian with a gun who saw what was going on and got weak need at the moment of truth as to whether to rush in there and confront a madman with a high-powered rifle. This was a law enforcement officer. This was a man. This was not just a cop, a beat cop, who was his first week on the job and had been pushing papers his whole career up until this point and happened upon the school at the wrong time. This officer's job was to be on the school property. He lived there rent-free as part of this program. His job was to protect the students at the school. He was issued a gun and a badge. And in my way of thinking, if you take that gun and you take that badge, you take on the awesome responsibility for doing something when catastrophic harm is being done with a bad guy with a gun, with a bad guy with a bazooka, with a bad guy with a flamethrower, with multiple bad guys. That's the responsibility you take on when you say, yes, I will do this job. I have incredible respect for law enforcement. I have several friends in various levels of law enforcement, and what they do, by and large, uh, uh, on the whole, blows me away. And there are countless examples of amazing acts of courage by law enforcement officers in which they will say afterwards, I was just doing my job. I'm not saying that they should strip Scott Peterson of his pension, although some have said that they should. I am not saying that he should be charged with any crime, but God damn it, I am dead set in saying you better damn call him a coward because that's what he was. We can't on the one hand call the football coach. I believe Aaron Feiss is his name, was his name. You can't call him a hero and laud him for being a hero, for shielding students in the line of fire without calling cowards, cowards. Heroes aren't heroes if there aren't cowards on the other end of the spectrum. This is not a participation trophy in life. This is life or death. And this was not a case of, say, a drug deal going down at a crack house in which there was bad guys. And Scott Peterson was the cop on duty who said, you know what? Not tonight. I kind of want to go home to my family. That's a lot different. Those are bad guys dealing with, worth, dealing with worse guys. These were children being slaughtered. And he was there on campus with a gun and a badge. And his job was to protect the school. And in the moment of truth, he buckled. That's a coward. I can't accept anybody saying anything but that. That'll do it for today. Angels 5, Red Sox 3, as I like to say. A little baseball score to lighten the mood on the way out the door. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me a one-week-and-one-day vacation on the Zabecast. You know the drill. Tell two friends and your priest. Leave a positive review. Hang people on the water cooler to listen. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, and more. I got to go get my Rasta wig packed. I'm going to Jamaica next week. But if you're lucky and if you beg hard enough, maybe I'll podcast from paradise and knock out 30, 35 minutes while on vacation and upload if they've got sufficient Wi-Fi. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time.